Hi there, Neil here. Obviously, you love to travel. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Circa, our app available right now from the App Store on iOS, is filled with podcasts and guides for travelers. But more than that, it has a feature that we're calling the Circa Concierge, where you can have any question about any place you're traveling answered by real people on the ground. We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. And hey, if you've got questions about Barcelona, you might even get me. Because I love to help people discover my city. And if you're the same way for the city where you live, then we want you to become part of the Circa Concierge too. Right now, we're searching for concierges in Barcelona, Rome, London, Paris, Madrid, Venice, and New York City. Don't see your city listed? That's okay. We'll be rolling out new cities throughout the year, and yours might just be next. If you love where you live and love to help travelers, sign up now to be a Circa Concierge. Help out our users and earn tips for the knowledge you have about your own city or country. Head over to circatravel.com forward slash concierge and sign up today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Don't feel you need to answer any of these. That's all in good faith and good fun. <laughs> I accept your white guilt. <laughs> <laughs> A destination isn't always a place. Sometimes it's a new way of seeing things. I'm Neil Innes. And I'm Andres Bartos. From Frequency Machine, this is Passport. Your ticket to everywhere. Hi, fellow alarmists. Thanks so much for listening to our very special feed swap. This month, Passport is dropping a series of shows themed around conspiracy. How about UFOs in Peru? Art theft and an unlikely friendship in Amsterdam. Brain uploading in Silicon Valley. And corruption in a place called the world in Dubai. If you like what you hear today, be sure to go and subscribe to Passport anywhere you get your podcasts. You can visit us at FrequencyMachine.com, and we're on social media, at Passport Podcast. Alamist fans, enjoy this episode of Passport. There are things we think we know about places, but history, prejudice, stereotypes, and the viral nature of 24-hour news and social media has made common knowledge about faraway places even more twisted than ever. Today on Passport, we try and clear up some of the outright lies of an entire nation by doing what we do best. Having a chat with someone who actually knows what they're talking about. And today on Misinfonation, we're going to one of the most misunderstood countries on Earth. Iran. The world perception of Iran is incredibly narrow. It's blunt, it's black and white. Thoughts of it are constantly clouded with news of soured nuclear deals, recent conflict with the West, anti-American speeches, crowds chanting death to America, drone strikes, assassinations. Iran seems to have been tainted in Western media for as long as the West can remember. We here at Passport have many Iranian friends and have always found them to be total demolition experts when it comes to destroying the outside views of their home country. But no one more so than Sohail Janasari. A political scientist, comic book fan, Twitter addict, friend, and all-around genius when it comes to matters in Iran or pretty much anywhere in the world. We sat down with him in Barcelona to throw every myth 
stereotype an allegation he's already heard at him to see if we can get to the bottom of the world's skewed view of Iran. But what does he think we're going to ask him? Tell us what you think we're gonna talk to you about. Yeah, today. what are we? Oh, the subjects that I have to that I have to tell us what's on that magic paper. list. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> I ranked this. Oh wow! <laughs> number one, straight in the there. Jews. <sighs> uh, number two, the Jews. <laughs> um, weirdly, I did not put it on the list. I have Jewish friends. I'm not racist. <laughs> So, he's, he's in the room with one of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just got like unjewed by this Iranian um, fella. Then it's about the U.S. embassy or relationship with the U.S. Yeah. Sure. Arab ethnicity and Arabic language. It's a much more elegant way of putting it. Um, let's say the queer experience in Iran or Ooh. homosexuality or LGBTQIA. I just say queer. The political system, democracy, Islamic, republic, theocracy, whatever. Yeah. Nukes. <laughs> That's like, just nu- is that the name of the episode, Nukes and Jews? <laughs> Do both of those words have question marks after them? <laughs> so, uh, nukes? The mark. next one has, has this an one exclamation doesn't. mark. <laughs> and camels and flying carpets. <laughs> Well, it's been nice having you on Passport. <laughs> Everything's covered. So uh, everyone fly to Iran. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was a 10. Oh, great. Tell us where you were born in Iran. I was born in Ahwaz. Ahwaz is the biggest city in the southwestern part of Iran. I looked up the city. It's... It's fucking amazing looking. Is it? Are you mixing it with the other city I lived in? Ooh. With Isfahan? Because... I am. Probably. Ooh. Okay, nice so touch. <laughs> We're setting a precedent early on here. The first piece of research we did to find out about Suhail Zaran, I got wrong. This is going to happen a lot. When I was 12 years old, we moved to Isfahan. Okay. Or Isfahan in Persian. Which That's is incredibly fun. beautiful. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, nice. <safe>. nice. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, Isfahan known for, apart from yourself? <laughs> Famous on Twitter. Um, Isfahan is a historical and cultural city, the cultural capital of the Islamic world Ooh. a few years ago. Yeah, it's lame. <laughs> um, Sounds good. It though. used to be the capital when Iran was from India to Syria. Okay. What? Like 500 years ago. I mean, Iran has been great before <laughs> make Iran great again I'm gonna just throw that in <laughs> wow we're straight in yep. uh, so hail 2020 Iran, Iran was great you see Iran was once great it was massive around 500 BC at its peak the Persian Empire was 5.5 million square kilometers that's bigger than India in fact it once stretched almost from China all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. And at the time, it was the biggest empire the world had ever known. This great period was followed by a takeover by Alexander the Great. And after that came the Parthian dynasty, then the Sasanian dynasty until 661 AD. In the seventh century, the Arabs conquered Iran and so did Islam. The Turks and Mongols had a go at the Persian empire too. But soon, local dynasties took power and continued to rule right up until the end of the 1970s, when the Pahlavi dynasty was overthrown. The king fled, and Islamic religious leader Ayatollah Khomeini became leader of the Theocratic Republic between 1979 and 1989. Ayatollah Khamenei still rules today with more power than even the president. And that's pretty intimidating. So armed with our incredibly offensive, stereotypical questions, we walked right into one of the most ridiculous misconceptions about Iran. Iranians are Arabs. We aren't. Um, Iran has maybe like 2 million or 3 million Arabs. I'm not sure again. Of a population of? 
80 something million 80 80 million inside the country and there are like two to four million iranians outside so persians take offense um i don't care like i don't see color (laughs) (laughs) um so the modern iranian nationalism which is persian nationalism started like maybe 100 150 years ago and that Iranian nationalism, which is like that Persian nationalism, is built against most of the ethnicities of Iran, like Arabs, Turks, Baluchis, others. But um, the one against Arabs is more forceful. It's basically, there's a great book, was published last year, and it talks about how this weird nationalism, Iranian nationalism, imagined Iranians as this lost tribe of Europeans. Oh, <laughs> That you wow. were like... We should be Europeans. We, we belong there, but we are here surrounded by barbarians. So you, you're like the Argentinians of the Middle East. <laughs> yes. But like that weird thing, it's just... We're so fucked already. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I knew when we walked I mean, in here, this was going to This is going to be so bad. <laughs> I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> For those of you who haven't realized yet... This is really complicated. I mean, in a country which speaks more than 10 languages, including Persian, Azerbaijani, Kurdish, Gilaki, and Masandarani, Luri, Arabic, Balochi, Tati, Talish, Armenian, Georgian, and many, many more dialects, there's just one question. For people who have no idea, how do you describe being Persian? I don't like that uh, description of Persian because... What are you, Suhail? Instead of... I'm a, just you Iranian. can't just be a star. <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter, yeah. Like diamonds in the sky. <laughs> so it's like describing Spanish people who are not Catalans or Galicians or Basques as Castilian. Ooh, nice. Gotcha. All right. That's yeah, a very like nice way of putting saying it. Saying Persian is just like that. There is no unifying theme besides maybe the language. and Some of them don't even have that. They basically tried to create this identity as Persian mm. because they were against all, they were racist against all the ethnicities. <laughs> so just like, oh yeah, those are Turks, those are Arabs, we are Persians. It's like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing in common. We're just Iranians, we're just there. Amazing. Most people's view of Iran comes from 24 hour news channels. States like these and their terrorist allies constitute an axis of evil, arming to threaten the peace of the world. Googling Iran is quite a rabbit hole of negativity, especially when it comes to the phrase most associated with the country. And it's it's not a nice one. Death to America, question mark? Mark Bar America, 100%. <laughs> but it is, that is like the, the phrase that people think of, isn't it? It is. It's the phrase that a lot of people Googling Iran think of. Yeah. So I've taught that to most of my American and British friends here. You've taught how to pronounce how to them, how to say that in Persian. Let's do it. Marg bar Amrika. Mm, wow, too fast. Marg. Marg. Bar. Bar. Amrika. Amrika. Yeah. So the phrase, which is one of the most returned phrases in search results about Iran, turns out it's a mistranslation. The technical translation is not actually death, it's down with. Oh, yeah. well, that's it's, a big it's difference. It's so lame. Yeah. Like, it just loses all its like, it just power. It does lose a lot of power, but it's yeah, a it's, very different thing. It's very different, yeah. <laughs> so where did the phrase come from? The previous re- ancient regime, the monarchy before revolution, was very close to the U.S. government, especially to the Republican ones. This Im- image was created that Iran is a client state of the U.S. Aha. Uh-huh. They basically equated Iranian monarchy and all its flaws with the U.S. government as well. Like the popular feeling was that that these two go together. So it became a rallying cry of the revolution to be against the U.S. and be against the king as well. So it's it's something that came down from from your parents' generation. That's when the hatred towards the U.S. became a mainstream part of opposing monarchy and just political thought. So our thought in the West is that Iran is fraught with war. But with Suhail, we know he loves his food. And we discovered that the biggest fight in Iran is actually over one particular dish. It's crispy rice. (laughs) (laughs) I would kill people over that. (laughs) It's true. Yes, I go. Yes, it's true. (laughs) We win. (laughs) Yeah, so imagine, like... We are very close with our cousins and like uncles and aunts. Yeah. So 
a party of like 20 people, yeah. all of them uncles, aunts, and cousins, is very normal. Right. That thing, crispy rice, is called tahdig, which means bottom of the pot. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Mm. It's oh. very simple, not very simple, but it's kind of close to sukarrat in Catalonia. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a burnt bottom. You have to burn it, and it's just so fucking good. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so it's long grain rice. There's no other kind of rice. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you reach the bottom, then what? Like a fight breaks out? A dish comes that has all the tahdig, all the oh. bottom of the pot. And then it depends where you are sitting on the table right. or on the ground. And if you are at the end, at the other end. No, no chance. You're not going to get anything. Oh, no. <laughs> you're going to get maybe like a small, like two centimeter thing. You're just going to get tears. Yeah, you can just like, I don't know, cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> but so yeah. the fights come before the pot is even placed. I mean, when you are. positioning. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a kid. You fight. <laughs> you go and take your thing, what, you, what belongs to you. climb over and rip yeah. the rice out of people's hands. The country of Iran is beautiful. Just look at pictures of Isfahan, Sohail's hometown. Maybe check out the Karim Khan Castle, Badabi Surt Springs, the Iran Botanical Gardens, hundreds of natural pools, the largest lake in the Middle East, 14 volcanoes, and a 900-kilometer-long forest to the north. The place is varied and stunning. It also has Persepolis, the Palace of the King of Kings, the world's biggest salt cave, and the Tashkush Burning Hill, which is constantly on fire because of leaking natural gas. Online, there is a mountain of incredible reviews of Iran from thousands and thousands of travelers who have had their expectations destroyed. Not only that, they are unanimously surprised by the kind, generous, and caring Iranians. How does all of this stuff in the news, like the kind of the banner headlines of what people think about Iran, how does it translate for Americans visiting in Iran? Are they in any... Are there Americans visiting Iran? <laughs> yeah. Like the sentiment, the general sentiment is not against the, the US, American people. Right. A lot of people actually love and admire and adore white tourists. So if you are from the US and they were like, oh, yeah, Trump strong. Like, no, don't say that. <laughs> but they do those kind of stuff. But maybe they don't like the government. But the people, I doubt there will be a lot of like negative sentiment among the people seeing Americans in Iraq. There's also this strange view we found about Iranians living in their own little bubble, disinterested with the West, uncaring about the ways of the world outside their country. So we asked Suhail if there was any truth in this at all. Do you know Daily Show? Yes. Mm -hmm. When it was it. with Jon Stewart, um, they sent Jason Jones to Iran, and okay. he asked some like shop owner about U.S. politics. And that dude started naming all the U.S. presidents. From like Obama, Bush, Clinton, and like you see that this dude knows all of them. <laughs> and I'm saying, yeah, it's it was Carter, and before Carter, it was not Nixon, the other one, Ford, Ford, and it was Nixon. And then, uh, come on, <laughs> but yeah, that's the sentiment. Like they know a lot of that. They care about the U.S. Also. Globalization means that everyone follows U.S. politics as well. Of course. It's actually funny. It's one thing I found online was like it is basically about how Iranian people are so involved in what's going on with the, with the rest of the world because of their very, very, very recent history and, well, last hundred years of history. They know everything about what's going on. I'm on Twitter every day. I'm addicted to Twitter. I'm, I have another account for my Persian sphere. Right. And you see deep conversation. Not, not deep, deep, yeah, but like... So Alabama is having a Senate race. Oh, amazing. Jeez. So what's the relation between Jeff Sessions and I don't know, whatever? That's incredible. It's so weird, so strange. <laughs> like, I just want to wake That's up one so day insane. and not see any of that. <laughs> Iran follows politics like, you know, some Americans follow, like, the Premier League. Just imagine a, <laughs> imagine, imagine a, a Twitter, like, channel where they're, like, going into local Iranian <laughs> politics trying to figure out, like, which council member is going to be representing, you know, <laughs> the uh, nationalistic view versus the Arabist view. In misinformation, asking the tough questions really means asking the stupid ones. 
So given Iran's oppressive MO in the tabloids, surely social media is a no-no there, right? Instagram is the only social network in Iran. Lie. Instagram is very big. Twitter is also big. Pinterest is very big. Really? Pinterest is a dark horse. I mean, I had one and then I got a little crazy and then I gave it up because yeah. I was like, this is not good. I, I still why? don't well, understand like, wait, I don't understand what's the point of it. I, okay, so this is a section in Misinformation Iran where I defend Pinterest, <laughs> <laughs> which is a thing I never thought I would have to do. Pinterest allows you, if you're an image, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up and listen to me. You went into like full board meeting. Absolutely. Yeah. This is very serious. If you're an image fetishist, it allows you to collect all these things into uh, folders. So I can, all of my weird animal pictures, I can, or, shut up. I can organize. It is. It is a very large yeah. folder. Um, my folder of like moody motel images. <laughs> Clearly, most people are not using Pinterest in this way, but it's it's um, it's very useful. Yeah. This is misinformation, Andres. I know. Another thing that's high on the Google list, that's Iran's oppression of women. Women in Iran are oppressed. Yes. Oh, wow. I mean, is there anyone who could say no? <laughs> people would say that, but it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah. I was reading, you know, um, numbers of women in universities, numbers of women in STEM fields. It's like crazy, crazy, crazy high. Yeah, I know. Majority of people in universities are women. and That's interesting. Because men are doing just other jobs? Or what are you, what are you saying? I assume so. I don't know. I remember the, the, in our welcome to my bachelor degree, like, God, how many years ago? Um, <laughs> Notice the, he didn't say the years. <laughs> I know. Uh, the dean of the university, director of the university came and said that this year they had accepted 72% women and 27% men. There are degrees that if you go to, it's like three men and maybe like 45 women in one class. But then the teacher is a man? A lot of them are, but uh, it's changing as well because more women are getting the degrees and coming to universities. From having such a huge population of uh, university-educated women, is the country changing because of that? I mean, the country is changing along with that. But it's in different levels, like everything, every field, every aspect of it. I think a woman's um, share of workforce yeah. hasn't grown that much in the last like 20 years. It's less than 20%. Wow. And 70% of students, 20% of workers. Something like that. Female unemployment is too damn high. <laughs> That's a headline. Yeah. So hell's right. On average, Iranian women make up more than 60% of the country's universities, but as little as 16 of the country's workforce. The opportunity to learn is there and is encouraged, but the discrimination is still there when hiring. For women, working in Iran remains a desert. It is slowly getting financially better for women in some public sectors of the workforce. But Iran is one of the only few countries that have not signed the CEDAW. That is the UN law on the elimination of all forms of discrimination against women. The other countries who haven't signed? Nauru, Palau, Somalia, Sudan, Tonga, and the United States of America. Something to think about. So we'll be back after this short break with, get this, Iranian food, fighting over the bill, weird shampoo flavors, and much, much more. Hi, everyone. Circa is recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you. 
Iran's food is not often discussed. Well, we discovered some pretty damn incredible plates of food, and we asked Suhail, what is it? Have you tried it? Is it good? Destroying the Persian language in the process. What is it? Have you tried it? Is it good? Okay, go ahead. Kale Pache. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's am, I, am I close? Uh, uh, Kale Pache. Kale is head, Pache is toe. <laughs> Kale Pache is basically... Head toe. Yeah. <laughs> we cook the whole body of a sheep. Whoa. From the head and the skeleton. But like boiled? Yeah, but like overnight, like 12 hours or something. 12 hours of boiling it's an entire crazy. sheep. We first chop it down and then put every part together. It looks staggering, like yeah, and in, a, in a good way a and a bad of people way. <laughs> yeah, in a bad way. Um, it includes various parts from the tongue, which is that could be good. super good, yeah. to the eyes, which imagine chewing on that, to the brain, which is very crispy in a way. It's a big party. Like It needs a lot of people to like cook that. Right. Sidabi. Sirabi uh, is part of Kalapache. Sirabi is um, tribe. Yeah, the tribe. Yeah, it looks like a towel. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had it because it really does. It looks yeah. like, you've seen it. Yeah, it looks. Like I've a towel. never had it, but <laughs> it like um, someone dropped a towel on the bathroom floor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like it's disgusting. But a cousin of mine who once tried it, yeah, explained that. It also tastes like a towel. <laughs> Delo Glov. Golve. I guess it would be Golve. Golve? Golve? I'm going English. Do you know what that one is? One of you was corrector than the other one. Del is heart, Golve is kidneys. Ah, heart kidney. You got, the names are very straight to the point. You yeah. know what you're going to yeah, yeah. get. Can I, have but, some, can I have a heart kidney? I want some, <laughs> I want some head um, toe. But I'm, like, there is a jigar as well. Like It's Del Golve jigar. Um, and these are, these are flame cooked. Grilled, yeah. It's so fucking good. Kahu Sekanjebini. It's Kahu Sekanjebin. Ah, right. Oh, it's no, a right. bracket. Right. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, so Kahu is lettuce. Okay. Sekanjebin is this um, sweet, sweet, very sweet liquid. <laughs> and I'll describe, oh. I don't know what it comes from. And you just use the lettuce as like a dip into oh, that. That sounds really good. So good. That sounds so really good. Har gare gare gurut. Oh, God, Karagorut. God, how can I describe that? It's just like a sour thing, sour delicacy. Okay. That apparently if you eat too much of, you faint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, God. I I mean, Karagorut. Is it a drug? No, but uh, we have it as a delicacy, like sometimes like randomly, instead of like having a candy. Like a bit of karagorut. And then a little sleep and a faint. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like I took a big bite of it in the street and one friend just shouted, don't do that, you're going to like die or faint or whatever. I didn't, but apparently you do. Okay. And then we hit on a dish from Suhail's home city of Isfahan. Duke and Gushfield. <laughs> Duke and Gushville. Duke and Gushville. Duke Gushville. How close? Duke and Gushville. Duke and Gushville. Duke is Duke. Like Abdukhiar is Duke. Gushville. So I've imagined, like I've been imagining all the things you might ask me. You didn't think we, were go- we would go never here? Never in my dream. No. Never in my nightmares. I would have like, thought about Duke Gushville. It's from one city and one city alone. Okay. It's a stain on that city. <laughs> oh, it's no. Esfahan. Wow, you've done it very well. It's from you, Esfahan. So you've gone straight to the heart. It's like so. Dur is yogurt, water, and salt. So yeah. it's sour. And Gushville is this sweet thing, sweet, sweet. So you mix these two for no fucking reason. <laughs> so ask from anyone who is not from Esfahan what they think about Dur Gushville. They might punch you. <laughs> It's, it's just like, it's, no, just don't mix these two. Havij Bastani. Bastani? Bastani. Bastani. Bastani is ice cream. Havij okay. is carrot. Oh, carrot ice cream. Yeah. Sounds all right. You just liquefy uh, some carrot uh-huh. and put it into ice cream, mix it with ice cream. Oh, okay. So it's not carrot ice cream. It's carrot, carrot blended into ice cream. 
Yeah. One of my uncles is all well, like every day in the summer has that basically. So it's like you wake up eight eight thirty a.m. and he's carrots. blending <laughs> carrots. Barretudeli, todeli, ba barretudeli. I don't have the faintest idea what that is. I'll give you a hint. It's not yet in this world. Huh? It's a, an unborn sheep fetus. I. Oh, that's Tudeli. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Another thing we found while trolling the internet is that many pieces of news and even official government documents confuse Iran with Iraq, or weirder still, dub Iran a tiny country. Because they are tiny, right? Fuck no. <laughs> Iran is, I think, bigger than Spain and France and Germany combined. That's nearly three times the size of Texas. It's 1,648,195 kilometers squares. Square kilometers. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. We had to memorize that in school. That's why I know it. It doesn't show it. It's grower. It's a show. It's a grower, <laughs> not a show. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) So, number 10. Iran hates tables and chairs. Uh, uh, (laughs) So, how do I explain that? We didn't have a lot of that until... Very recently. Yeah. It was not common to sit on a chair or table to eat. The obvious question, but where does it come from? I'm going to just generalize here. I think it came from the West to be on a chair. Basically because of satellite TV. Propagation of TV series, American TV series. Like, like Friends? Friends. Fuck Friends. But exactly Friends. <laughs> I went straight to the source. Yeah. yeah. It's like you see a lot of tweets about Friends in Persian. I'm like, maybe don't, guys. That's just not Re- cool. Re- watching Friends shows. for the 19th time. Uh, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, this kind of flies in the face of death to America. Yeah. A lot of thinking that we should be like Americans because they are the top. They are the best country in the world Mm. it's like a dream to be like them so like like if you so nuclear deal Iran signed it a few years ago with the US UK and like all the permanent members of uh, UNSC this is the Obama era Uh, 2014 or 2015 2015 people in Tehran some people in Tehran again they went into the street to um, celebrate that okay and there is a famous photo in New York Times I think there's a guy with like that brand from New York, I love New York, and yeah. it's I love US. And some people chanted, bye bye falafel, welcome McDonald's. <laughs> and that sounds uh, like, like a Dave Chappelle that, sketch. <laughs> you see, capitalism and the West are welcome in Iran. Iran's coffee shop boom and shopping in general are growing. And as we love to do here at Passport, we found some very odd products but we found something which we quickly became obsessed with. Shampoo flavors. Garlic-flavored shampoo and or carrot and egg-flavored shampoo. (laughs) (laughs) Always go with garlic. (laughs) Uh, I started my master's studies in Tehran, and so I went to the first pharmacy close to my dorm, uh-huh. and it was a garlic-flavored shampoo <laughs> that they offered me. <laughs> I bought it, and I still remember the shape of the bottle. Did you smell uh, nice? Yeah. It doesn't smell. It doesn't smell like... But constantly the, smelling like you were just about to cook something. <laughs> I would love that. There's an old joke, which is like, you know, the perfect smelling person smells like a bacon sandwich. <laughs> So from things that should be banned and are not, to things that are banned and should not be. Musical instruments are banned on television. They are not banned on TV. They just never show them. (laughs) Legally, it's not banned. Okay. Technically, it's banned. (laughs) But But what's the the problem? It's just so stupid. Yeah, um, what's going on? Maybe 20 years ago or something. They were just showing like normal, like whatever. Some, people like, playing a guitar. and But then somehow someone like decided, oops, not anymore. 
it's we've been doing bad. The whole culture war <laughs> thing in Iran is just super weird. Like <laughs> things become like issues and like uh, people start like digging trenches over them. Right. That no one gives a shit about. <laughs> right. They love pineapple. It's fucking no pineapples now. Ban pineapple from today. <laughs> and if anyone wants pineapples, he's a spy from the US. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So once again, nuance, people, nuance. We did have some basic do's and don'ts questions when going to Iran. Here is a little speed round for you, which should clear a few things up about the cultural etiquette of the place. I'm going to Iran. I shouldn't talk about politics. Always talk about politics. Don't show public displays of affection. It's against the morality laws and stuff. Uh, If you kiss from someone from the other gender anywhere anywhere on the knee don't do that anywhere <laughs> not, even, not even here they could jail you for that wow I'm going to Iran I shouldn't bring or drink alcohol you will drink alcohol okay you should apparently you sh- it's safer not to bring it okay I know people who have brought it like t- took it there inside their like luggage normal luggage yeah but alcohol is super banned but a lot of people now consume it and produce wine by themselves. Very recent trend, apparently. When I came to Spain, it was not that normal. Now, apparently, it's very normal to do that. Don't ever say Arabian Gulf or the Gulf. Never say Arabian Gulf. It's wrong, basically. The Gulf is just weird. It's like, which Gulf? <laughs> but the official name is Persian Gulf in all the international treaties and whatever. It became a very heated issue a few years ago when National Geographic printed a map and put it in English, Arabian Gulf, mm. and it hurt Persian nationalism and Iranian nationalism in general, and it just became a stupid issue again. Like it's a stupid culture war and like nationalistic issue at the same time. But it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't shake hands with members of the opposite sex in public. It used to be like that. Not anymore. For a religious woman, it's, of course, a no-go. They wouldn't shake your hand. They wouldn't shake my hand. Yeah. yeah. They would let you kiss them on the knee, though. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, most women won't let me shake their hand. <laughs> Don't give the thumbs up. Yeah, never do that. <laughs> it, really? It's the same as middle finger. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, if I want to insult someone, I'm like, this? How do I do Show thumbs up, yeah. Oh, wow. But again, because of the... U.S., it's being changed into something. Oh, yeah, something. it's cool, whatever. It means, like, good luck or something. But, like, yeah, I've been beaten because I showed that. <laughs> like, seriously? I, I meant it as an insult, yeah. And then you, you got your ass beat. I didn't get my ass beat. I just said I got beaten. Okay. I beat back, but, yeah. I shouldn't blow my nose if I'm in Iran. Shouldn't do that anywhere. <laughs> I, like, so... I came to Spain. I went to the flat that I had rented. I went out to call my parents. Yeah. And like less than a minute after, someone from the other side of the street blew their nose and I was like, I want to go back to your room. <laughs> Just depressed. It's like, ah. So depressing. <laughs> God, I gotta be so careful around you for, for the rest of our. <laughs> I had no idea. God, yeah. With all of these rules in mind, Iran feels like a place on edge. So our 11th question of the day. Iran is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Just go to Iran. It's just like, God, come on. I know so many people who went there by themselves without not even one word of Persian or any other language from inside the country. And they were okay. They managed. (laughs) They They didn't find any troubles. I just go there. And people are friendly. People are very friendly. Too much, I'd say. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> you got to be nice to everyone. <laughs> Lastly, we wanted to know something that a friend had told us about the country. And it's something that I'm familiar with with certain nations. The absolute and often very sneaky need to pay for every meal, taxi, drink, everything. Apparently, this is the second biggest fight you can have in Iran. Who pays? I hate it. Like, the main tenet of being Iranian that I hate is this. 
How does it go? So people s- want to split it to the. Oh to no, the, no, 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 no! Oh, no. people want to pay. Everyone wants to pay oh, all the time. Go. There we go. Oh no, 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 no! Let me pay. Let me pay. Let me pay. <laughs> Let me pay. Oh no! I it dishonors my father's grave <laughs> if you pay. And then the other side is like, I don't know. It dishonors my ancestors or something. Yeah, it's like even when you're in a cab. Oh wow! Like the taxi driver usually says, like when you say how much it is. The answer is usually ah no worries. Seriously, that's a custom. Like you have, to, they have to say no worries or something like it's whatever. whatever. And and then you have to you insist. Say, oh no, please! <laughs> it's inviting who's the better man. Yeah. My God. And it's like I say, how much the ta- the cab driver? Oh no worries. And I say, <laughs> oh no, please. And they say, seriously, <laughs> no worries. And I say, okay. Please? Yeah. Pretty please? And they say, okay, 10 euros. And you say, okay, here it is. Sorry, I just have 9.9 euros. And they say, this is unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to the end of misinformation, we always like to ask our guests about the pride they feel for their country. Are you proud to be Iranian? Yeah. Why? It's one of the few countries that was not colonized. It's got a lot of diversity inside from different cultures, from different ethnicities, different languages, different everything. And I'm kind of proud that I'm like actually from there and I could experience most of them. Because I'm from there and because I speak that language, I have access to a lot of treasures of like poetry, literature and stuff. I do feel pride. It's always interesting to know how they deal with these stereotypes. We asked Suhail, and his answer was nothing short of incredible. The way we kind of define countries now based on headlines and things like that. You know, Iran gets a lot of just a lot of bad rap. And there's none, none, no nuance. What's that experience like, seeing that? So there's a scene in the Avengers movie. Amazing. <laughs> this is not where I thought we were going. They're fighting with, I think, Chitaris. And Captain America tells Hulk, or uh-huh. Bruce Banner says, bring out the angry side or something like that. Yeah. And Bruce Banner turns to him while walking towards this massive thing, massive threat. He just turns to Captain America and says, that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. <laughs> and then turns to Hulk and smashes. <laughs> and I'm always <laughs> angry. <laughs> so far... Scotland and Iceland, our previous misinformation episodes, showed that the ignorance about these places is usually light, fun, you know, name-calling. Well, that's not the case with Iran. I'm also a journalist from time to time. I write pieces and I have to deal with Western editors of Western media. Yeah. Sometimes it's not a good experience. Sure. Iran is somehow the only country that is bad in the world. Somehow Iran is the only country that is ruled by religion. Mm. Which is not true. Like a lot of other countries are like that. Iran is the only country that is not democratic in the Middle East, which is like, come on. But it's just easily dismissed, not just in the media, but even in political science books. Because the political scientists do not read Persian or any other language from that area. And yeah, it's just constant barrage of fuck that country. Sahail is an outgoing, talkative, forward-thinking, kind, and incredibly smart man. But he has a very different relationship to the misinformation on his country. It's constant, intense, sometimes unfriendly, and it's 24-7. But that doesn't mean he has no sense of humor about it. So you find yourself in a position where you're defending, arguing, you're an advocate... Like, how do you see In a lot of cases, I just ignore because it's just tiring. You don't um, want to tear your pants. Yeah. I don't have those pants that Stark built for Hulk. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like, if you want to do that, you have to do it every day for 24 hours. I'm like... (laughs) No, I love it. Because if there's one thing that misinformation should be... Yeah, it's this. (laughs) No, it, it really is. After Scotland and after Iceland the conversation suddenly feels much more real, much more 
Hulk-ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it is, you know, the the opinions of a place like Scotland or like Iceland is generally it's, benign. Yeah, benign, happy, fluffy, drinking, yeah, kilty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it, is it, is a part of it the misrepresentation of Iran? Is it because it's just too fucking complicated to be nuanced about it? No one wants to colonize Iceland now. Uh, the last time that Scotland was threatened with war was probably like 200 years ago, 300 years ago, before the Acts of Union. Yeah. The last time that Iran was threatened to war was probably like two hours four, ago. 4 p.m. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. like 4 p.m. And it's not like that in Europe. It's very different when you want to criticize a government in Iceland than when you're talking about a government in, I don't know, Lebanon or Kuwait or Qatar or Iran or whatever. The contemporary history, the very recent history in these countries is just so hard to read and not get mad mm. and not be Hulk. So, after all of the questions and all of Suhail's wonderful, exasperated answers, according to the judges here at Passport, it's no surprise really that the Google worldwide view of Iran is about 25% correct. Being Iranian must sometimes be a heavy one when traveling and meeting people because the world knows your country for really, really short-sighted reasons. So Hale told us he's been asked many times by many people. He has just met if all Iranians are terrorists. So Hale Janasari is not a terrorist. He is Hulk, and Hulk smash good. How do you think we did? Yeah. Um, yeah, you were not bad. I mean, <laughs> you. I mean, you're um, very kind. You are white. I understand it. Like you are by definition gonna like fail. We're coming so, in a very low level, <laughs> <laughs> but. I didn't get mad at any time. That's good. In this conversation, so I'm going to pass. All right. Awesome. We got a C, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Can you give us a really good phrase? Khak bar saret. Khak. 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 Bar. Bar. Saret. Saret. Which means soil be on your head. Ooh, wow. And it's like a very low-level insult. Well, that's, that's an ending. So it'll be on your head, so Neil. So it'll be on your head. Right, yeah. in, your, right in your head. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you guys. Oh, man, Thanks. what a trip. All right. Maribar America. Just in case wow. you didn't catch it the first few times. This week's saved pins are some of Sohail's favorite experiences from all over Iran. Let's do it. Number one, Mount Sofi. This easy-to-hike mountain overlooking Isfahan is one of Sohail's favorite spots overlooking the city. He used to hike there every Friday morning and think about the city that comes alive below, with Isfahan's ambiance as the background music. Number two, the Abadan Refinery. Sohail's grandfather migrated there, looking for work at the city's refinery, on the western border with Iraq. There, he took part in labor strikes and political acts in the 1940s. The workers played a vital role in Iran's oil nationalization movement a few years later, and in the 1979 revolution. Abadan was under heavy attacks by Iraq during the Iran-Iraq war of the 1980s, but it endured and is there today. Number three is Azadi Stadium. Inaugurated half a century ago to host the 1974 Asian Games, the Azadi in the name means freedom. When the Iranian national team is playing against one of the traditional rivals or Tehran's popular clubs play important matches in the Asian Champions League, you can expect almost 100,000 fans cheering in the stadium. Sohail told us the experience is unlike any other I've had. If your team is not a failure, it's 90 straight minutes of goosebumps. Number four, Shomal. 
This is where the southern rim of the Caspian Sea meets the absolutely fantastic Alborz mountain range. The towns formed there are basically surrounded by forests and mountains and the sea. And that's why Suhail loves it. The fish markets, the gruff men sitting in tea houses. It's the difference between the close-knit lifestyle of a fertile agricultural land and the arid deserts and cold mountains. Beautiful. Lastly, Jonub. Janub means south, and many Iranians use Janub to describe and equate everything from Chabahar, a port on the Indian Ocean bordering Pakistan, to Abadan, a port on the northwestern side of the Persian Gulf bordering Iraq. This is an almost 2,000-kilometer route from southeast to the southwest, or the west, which hosts various ethnicities, languages, subcultures, etc., if you want to see the mix of people in Iran, this is the route to take. There's Portuguese forts, spicy Indian-influenced food, amazing fish captured in the Persian Gulf and the Sea of Oman, and rhythmic Afrobeat-like music, and hot, really hot, humid weather. If you like what you hear today, be sure to go and subscribe to Passport anywhere you get your podcasts. You can visit us at FrequencyMachine.com and we're on social media at Passport Podcast. This week's episode of Passport was written, produced, and edited by me and Andres Bartos. Huge thanks to Sohel Janasari for helping us make the show. Go and follow him on Twitter, at SoJanasari. S-O-J-A-N-N-E-S-S-A-R-I. We'll have all of Sohel's details in the show notes if you want to check out some of his writing and more. Our theme music is by the incredible Nick Turner with additional stuff by Off the Menu, Albino Pines, Oracle, and Alexandra Hampton. The show is mixed and mastered by Julian Kozneski. Stacy Book, Dominic Ferrari, and Abby Glajanski are partial to a little of the old head toe. They also executive produced the show, which is hosted by myself and a man who has everything in the correct folder on his Pinterest profile, Andres Bartos. We'll see you in the next place. <laughs>